Welcome to the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast, brought to you by GuitarZoom.com. If you want to improve your guitar playing, keep listening. If you want to improve even faster, go to GuitarZoom.com, where you'll find all of Steve's premium courses, masterclasses, and memberships that'll help you quickly and easily improve your playing. Now, here's your host, Steve Stein. All right, so the first thing I want to introduce to you is the topic of melody, okay? Now that we've got all of these other scales, expansions, whatever it is that we're trying to visualize, and again, I want it to meet you where you are. I'm not asking you to sit and study some new scale for six months before you learn how to do this. Whether you're using pentatonic or diatonic or whatever it is that you're using, I want you to think about this. So melody, really what melody is, is trying to make some sort of connection to the chords that are being played. Okay, so what happens a lot of times, and I may have said this earlier, I say it all the time, but sometimes we have a backing track or a jam track or a band or whatever, a song that we're listening to, and we want to play along with that song, okay? And we know what key the song is in, therefore we figure out what scale is best served for that song, or we try a couple of different uh, scales and we find the one that we think is working best. That's great. It's important. But what happens with a lot of players is that it ends there, right? Where we've already talked about phrasing and the importance of that and all those sorts of things. Well, melody is equally as important as any of those things. And basically what's happening is if a a particular chord is being played, I want to try and connect to that chord. And the easiest way to do that is to, to emphasize, and emphasis means I'm going to try and kind of maneuver my movements towards something. I'm going to try and emphasize notes that correlate with that particular chord that's being played, right? Because again, an argument of a lot of guitar players is every time I play, everything sounds the same or it sounds like scales or whatever. Well, you've got to start trying to learn to target your motion, target your movement, your meandering, if you will, toward a chord, toward a, a group of chords, whatever it might be. So let's say, for instance, my first chord is G. Okay, so now I've chose whatever scale, G major pentatonic, right? So I could come up here to E minor pentatonic, which is the same as G major pentatonic, right? My pinky goes on G. Or I know my G major scale, so I want to use G major scale. Right? And all the other positions are, I, I, they're, they're good, they're green, they're ready to go. You can play anything. You don't just have to go to that first position of each one. I'm just trying to show you an example. You can go wherever you want. But the trick here now is, is as that G chord is being played, what I want to do is I want to try and make a connection to it by moving my motion towards something to do with that chord. Now, there's two ways of approaching this. One is the theoretical approach, and one is the visual approach. And I'm going to explain a little bit about the theoretical approach, but what I want to give you is the visual approach because we're trying to make guitar solos easy here. So the theoretical approach would be the G major chord consists of the G and the B and the D, which is the root and the third and the fifth of the chord. Okay. We also might try and target a major seventh or something like that because it's a nice color tone to add to that, or the fourth is a really nice color tone. Okay. In order to do that, you not only need to know your theory, but you need to know all the notes on your guitar and be able to visualize where your G's and your B's and your D's and so on are to be able to make those connections. Now, that's wonderful. And if you know how to do that, I think that's, a, that's amazing. Okay. 
But a lot of players don't know all of that information. They know some of that information, but if you stuck them in a band in front of an audience, in real time, they wouldn't necessarily be able to analyze all of that information really fast and make it work. So there's the visual aspect of learning how to make a melodic connection. And I refer to this as chord chasing. Okay, basically what we're going to be doing here is we're going to move around visualizing chords and making connection to those. Okay, so let's say, for instance, this G chord, I know I've got a G chord here. And I've got a G bar chord sitting here. And maybe I know my fifth string bar chord up here. And maybe that's all I have, right? Those are the only three G chords that I know on my guitar for now. So when I go to solo, the position that I choose to solo in is going to have to be kind of relative to where I can see the chord if I want to make this connection. Because if you think about it, if I hear this G chord, what I want to do is make a connection to some of the notes of that chord. So I'm visualizing the chord and I'm visualizing the scale and I'm seeing the overlap between the two. So as this G chord is being played, and again, you know, as the, as the rhythm player, maybe they're playing a different voicing of G. My point is, is that in my head, I'm visualizing this G. And I can see that first position of G major right there over the top of it. That's what I want to be able to, to visualize. Or maybe I'm seeing a pentatonic sitting there. And I'm going to use that. Whatever works for me, right? So the music starts playing. The music gives me a tempo. It gives me a groove. And that's kind of where, again, my meandering needs to be. I understand that I need to kind of connect with that tempo. And I need to connect with that groove. And I've got this these meandering skills that I've been developing and all of these other things. And now I'm going to start trying to direct my movements towards something to do with that chord. So as this G is being played, I'm visualizing this note and 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 this note, which are all part of this chord. And I'm seeing those lit up on my guitar right there. I can see them in my head. So as I start playing in this pentatonic or excuse me, the uh, G major scale, the G minor, G major diatonic. I don't know why my mouth isn't working today. See how I made a motion, I made a movement, a meander, if you will, to that note of this chord. Now, I might know what that note is. I might know its function in theory and all that, and that's wonderful. And I might not. And that's okay, too. I am still making the connection visually, which for an audience, they don't care whether I know my theory or not. I care, right? It's important to me or it's not important to me. That's, in, that's up to me. Again, this course is about for you, you making this connection as easy as possible so you can use this stuff in your playing. So that G chord is being played. So I make some sort of movement. To that G chord. Now, this is the weird part. There's no right or wrong to those connections. It's not like you have to connect in every ending note that you play, okay? You can emphasize other notes of the scale too, 
right? It doesn't just have to be notes that connect to the chord. You can emphasize anything you want. But here's the trick. If you just emphasize everything all the time, which is what people do when they don't know what they're doing, you're emphasizing nothing because it doesn't, nothing sounds like it's making a connection. It's just hit and miss. Sometimes you make a connection, sometimes you don't. You know, it's gambling is really what it is. Now what I'm doing is I'm trying to give myself better odds by actually trying to target something when I choose. I don't have to do it all the time, but when I do, it's going to make a connection. That's how melody works. Okay? So that G chord is being played. Well, now a second chord comes up. Let's say the second chord is going to be B minor, which fits in the key of G. Okay, so B minor pops up. So again, in my head, what I need to do is go, and I remind you, you can practice these all you want, right? If you can only see one or two chords on the guitar, which we're going to get to in a second. If you're enjoying this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, go to guitarzoom.com and consider becoming a premium member. There are three memberships to choose from. VIP, which gives you instant access to a library of short but powerful courses as well as new bite-sized lessons each month. There's also Play Songs that gives you step-by-step lessons so you can learn to play your favorite songs fast. And finally, there's Masterclass, university-level training on everything from soloing to music theory, from blues to home recording. For more info about these memberships and all the premium courses available to you, go to guitarzoom.com. Now back to the podcast. If you can only see one or two chord shapes on the guitar, you can learn more chord shapes, or you can learn positions that are relative to those chord shapes that you know. I mean, you can always study more and get out of that little box that you live in when it comes to those things, right? So B minor pops up, and maybe I only know my fifth string B minor and my sixth string B minor. Those are the only two I know. Well, that's okay. This one is going to serve me well for what I'm doing right now because it's in that position that I'm playing in. So G comes up and I play some sort of a... And then B minor comes up. Well, now I'm visualizing two, four, four, three, two. So now I already landed on this note, which fits over this chord. But this note also works over this. So that might be a grand opportunity to play a phrase. Maybe something like that. And then the chord change happens. And I don't have to go anywhere. I could just stay there and it would sound really cool because the chords would wash over me. And I stay there and it's working. But I wouldn't have to, right? I could go to something else. So there's my B minor. So I could go to that note. That'll work really nice. I could go there. That'll work really nice. I could go back and start meandering for a little while. Then make my connection. That'll sound really nice. Okay? So if you start thinking about it, and again, I'm going to jam in just a little bit, and then I'm going to let you do the same thing using this chord progression that I'm showing you. So G comes up. Here comes that B minor. Not targeting this one up here.
Well, the next chord to pop up is going to be C. So again, where do I see a C chord? Well, I got an open C. That might work. But I have a fifth string C bar chord. And I have a sixth string C bar chord. So either one of those, depending on what position I'm in, you know, where I'm trying to work from here. Um, so I'm going to go with this C right here, which correlates with that G major shape I had down here. So I, now I've got three, five, 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 three. So now I can see those. And this is kind of nice because it's given me a whole new group of notes to try and target where the G and the B minor had some overlap. This one really doesn't have any overlap. It's kind of a new thing there. So, so that'll sound quite nice, okay? Any of those notes. So G's being played. Here comes C. And then our next chord in the sequence is going to be D. So again, I have D here, or D here, or D here. If I know my sixth and fifth string bar chords, that's okay. It still gives me something. Okay? So I've got D, 57775, seven, seven, right? So now I can see those notes right there. So now all of a sudden my brain is on a completely different wavelength because I'm trying to make connections to these chords. Now, the more I know of my fretboard in terms of my scale positions, the more I can visualize of chords on my fretboard and make those relationships. And again, you don't always have to do this. You know, the, the misconception people get about practice is, well, I, I'm going to wait until I'm in the worst possible situation where I'm going to be most nervous and make the most mistakes. That's what practice is all about, is doing this at home, doing this in your studio or your room or wherever it is you practice. And, and again, like I said before earlier, you know, instead of just choosing different keys and different scales and different whatever all the time, what's really nice to do is to choose something that's fairly consistent like maybe you love to play an A minor pentatonic because your band plays an A minor pentatonic or you love a lot of blues and it just seems like most of the stuff you play is an A. That's wonderful, okay? And if you start studying diatonic, you may make that same discovery, but you may, the reason I like to teach people G major is because how many songs are in G major using like G, C, and D chords? A billion of them, right? And then it's relative minor is E minor. Now, how many rock songs and metal songs are in and blue songs, for that matter, are in E minor, a ton of them, right? So it's a really great generic key to, to learn to play in because we play a lot of music in this key, okay? So if you started learning just that first position of G major diatonic, right, and you knew some of your bar chords, you might say to yourself, well, maybe I need to learn some more chord shapes. And again, I'm going to give you some of those in just a little bit here. Um, but what I'm going to do... Okay, is I'm going to start trying to work through in my head how to make these connections. Now, I just showed you how to do that using G major. Well, what if we just knew pentatonic? Okay, well, it's a little more limiting, isn't it? I mean, if I, if I needed to, I could come back up to this first position of G major slash E minor pentatonic. The thing is now I'm way up here. All the chords that I knew were way down there, right? But... Maybe I can move them. So if I think about this G chord, G is three, two, zero, zero, and then three, three, if you're playing it like I am. If you play G differently, that's fine, okay? But if we think about it, the zeros are really 12s, 
So if I took this entire thing and moved it up to 14 and 15 with a bar in front of it, which I don't need to play, I just need to visualize it. So I'd have 15, 14, 12, 12, 15, 15. If I was playing pentatonic, I can visualize those and I can play those. Okay, next chord comes up is B minor, which is way down here. Well, I could move it up an octave. So now it's 14, 16, 16, 15, 14. And that works because I could make some connections there. Into my second position, right, I could play. C comes up. Well, we got a C open C chord. I could move that up an octave with a bar in front of it, right? So I have 15, 14, 12, 13, 12. So I could visualize that, play pentatonic, make some connections there. Okay. You see what I'm saying? And then your D, I'll give you the last one here. D would be your last chord. Well, D an octave higher is right here. So it's 12, 14, 15, 12. Now you've got to learn to visualize it, but that's half the battle, isn't it? Learning to visualize your fretboard is half the battle, whether you're doing pentatonics or diatonics or chord, you know, uh, chord shapes across your fretboard. All of these things work together. And so does theory and so does technique and all these other things. They all work in conjunction with each other. It's just my point to this course is to give you some things that you can use right away. So if you all of a sudden feel yourself, you know, being compelled to learn a whole new system of chords or a whole new system of scales and things like that, I think that's wonderful. Okay. If it inspires you to do something, I think that's great, but continue trying to work on development of creativity. So when you find yourself in a situation where you need to solo over something, it doesn't need to be the fastest solo, right? It doesn't need to be the most extravagant solo. It might, and that's what practice is all about. But oftentimes we just need to find a way of making a rhythmic connection through phrasing and things like that, uh, a melodic connection, which is what we're talking about right now, and then add some of those human elements, right? And with all of those things, if we can get comfortable, we can put them where we need them on the fretboard and build something that's useful. If you find yourself in a bizarre key, you know, you got to play in whatever key and you're not really comfortable, you've got to scale this whole thing down to just something that's functional, right? If you're in the key of B flat and you go, oh crap, I don't really know B flat. Well, don't panic. Just, you do know a B flat chord and a B flat major scale. So you can make just the smallest connection. You know, you can, you can create some, you don't have to be elaborate, you know, where if all of a sudden the song is in the key of G major or E minor, now that's your bread and butter. That's, that's where all the good stuff is, right? So build out a particular key, a particular scale, whatever it is you're working on. And when you get real comfortable with that, then go ahead and move on to another key and start hammering through that one, right? But don't try and do it all at the same time because it just gets to be very overwhelming. Next time on the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast. So there's an A major chord progression, and an A major chord is being played, but yet I'm soloing minor pentatonic over the top. 
and it sounds pretty good, okay? So this is a really great concept for you under, to understand, but I want to make it even easier for you by showing you this. If I was to play A minor pentatonic, it looks like this. If I was to play A major pentatonic, which you have already learned, you play that by going down one, two, three frets and playing the exact same shape. Hey, Steve Stein here from GuitarZoom.com, and thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, can I ask you a favor? Please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with a friend. Your feedback means more to me than you'll ever know. And be sure to check out my YouTube channels where you'll find over 1,000 videos to help you with your guitar playing. Thanks again for listening. Stay positive, keep playing, and keep having fun. If you'd like some help with your guitar playing but you're not sure how to get started, go to GuitarZoom.com and look for the Help Me Choose survey. By answering a few simple questions, you'll get Steve's personal recommendation of the perfect course for you. All this and more is available for you at GuitarZoom.com.